Podcasts are pretty common. So what makes the Uncommon Podcast uncommon? Well, it's all in our name. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and we at Uncommon Sports Group understand the unique pressures and temptations that come with a career in the sport industry. We provide uncommon training that helps you successfully navigate common challenges. Hit the follow button on this podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Check out our website and become uncommon. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Uncommon Podcast. I'm Noah Weiss, and my right-hand man for today's episode is USG's Director of Ministry Advancement, Seth Ralston. We are excited to be joined by Greg Hawkins, who currently is an assistant basketball coach for the Midwestern State men's basketball team and previously spent three seasons as an assistant coach at Dallas Baptist. Appreciate you taking time out of your day to be with us today, Greg. Noah, thanks for having me, man. I'm really excited to be here. Absolutely, absolutely. Today's episode, we will be unpacking the process of starting a Bible study with your coworkers. If you have not had a chance yet, go check out our last episode with the University of Minnesota's women's soccer goalkeeper coach, Tara Noopson. You don't want to miss out on that, as Tara tells us how we can show the person of Jesus Christ to others through our actions. So, Greg, I'll jump right in here. I'm sure you've been a part of many Bible studies throughout your life. What are some of the key characteristics of the most effective studies you have taken part in? That's a really good question. Um, I spent some time and thought on that, uh, and not to be utilizing alliteration, but uh, I think what it came down to for me was um, a group that is committed. So there's commitment, uh, a group that uh, is able to communicate well um, to each other, you know, yeah. uh, during the breaks and, and whatnot of the group, um, a group that has concern and compassion, uh, for one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of a, a caveat to that would, uh, I think ideally if the group has prior relationships established, um, amongst the individuals of the group. I think that that really helps, right? It provides for context and each other's story, um, comfort, uh, transparency, vulnerability, mm-hmm. not that you can't get those things with, with new, um, you know, unfamiliar people, but you know, reality is that it takes somebody special or a group that's pretty special to be open and uh, transparent and vulnerable from the get go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think that's an awesome point, especially in terms of comfortability. I think sometimes if it's not a comfortable group, the Bible study can be stagnant and it won't grow as much because there's that lack of vulnerability. So I love how you bring up that point. And this second question I think is huge. Um, it, it can sometimes be hard to find the right people, and it can be a struggle to feel confident in you know, who's a Christian, who's not. Um, oftentimes the, the sport industry is a sleeping giant for Christians. So how do you go about finding the right people to take part in these studies? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I, I'm going to lean on kind of my, my coaching uh, experience, and I think you've got to start recruiting early, right, mm-hmm. even before you're ready to make the pitch or make the ask or mm-hmm. put the offer out there. So when I get to a... Uh, a new job or a position, um, I start from day one, right? I'm, I'm in prayer, like, Lord, what's going on amongst my coworkers? Who are some people that I can befriend? Um, what, 
you know, who are the Christians, uh, and not in a judgmental fashion, but trying to be sensitive to like what stage are they in life, what's going on in their family, mm-hmm. um, you know, do their words and actions line up? And again, this isn't to point fingers, right? We're not to judge, mm-hmm. but it helps me understand and it kind of gives me some insight that I, I can maybe lean into and ask questions on and, and engage and, and help develop um, relationships, right? Because again, it goes back to that first question answer, right? Like if I can build relationships with these people, then maybe in six months or a year when I'm comfortable and we've got the community to then create this small group, mm-hmm. that, that that's already present. At least it's present between me and, and, you know, the individuals. Maybe it's not between, you know, the other members of the group. Um, but it, it's really from day one, right? I don't, I don't just go and lock into my work and, and kind of keep a blind eye. Like I'm a Christian coach. I'm not a coach that's a Christian. And so from the time I get to where I am, like I'm trying to engage, I'm sharing, you know, hey, what'd you do this weekend? No, no, oh, I did this. Greg, what'd you do? Man, that's a really good question. Like I went to church, right? I'm already trying to kind of mm-hmm. share who I am without beating people over the head um, about, you know, Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Greg, I uh, love what you're doing right now. I know you uh, you got a group going uh, through a Bible study uh, there within your athletic department, but also some outsiders uh, doing virtual, but Something we've come across as an organization has been a lot of these individuals think that they're alone, that there's not other believers around them. And, and I think you mentioned it, but what has been some of these ways that you've, you've found other Christians, uh, whether it's like, is it a, a bulletin uh, that you post in the break room on campus or is it, is it through social media or just those, those relationships? How have you been able to find these other Christians within your your own athletic department. Yeah, I wish I was that bold that I could just drop it on Twitter or post in the bulletin. Um, I guess a lot of it's just not my style. I'm very much a like organic, natural relationship um, is where I'm comfortable and where I'm confident. And so for me, um, I, I talk about who I am. I talk about like when somebody you know talks about something that's going on in their life, um, I might lean in and you know and talk about a scenario that I had that's similar. You know, and, and then maybe kind of like an answer to prayer. Like I'm always trying to find ways to subtly or maybe not, uh, maybe just being right out there, like talk about who I am, my testimony, my story, my faith without beating people up. And then so from there, I try to, you know, then kind of foster this um, environment that I can figure out like where people are. Are they sensitive to it? Sometimes it's even an ask in that, right? It's like, oh, hey, Noah, like you're talking about X, Y, and Z. I know you talked about, a little bit of your faith background, like, I want to start a Bible study, would you be interested? You know, it's not going to happen for six months, but, you know, it's, it's kind of throwing it out there. Um, not that the other ways aren't good. It's just my style and what I'm confident in is more talking and leaning in to people in the relationship because they can see me, they can hear me, they can, you know, watch my, my body language and how I express myself, but how I engage, like how I listen to what they're saying, how I dig deeper into the things they share with me. That says like not only do I respect you because you're amazing God you're made in God's image, but like I really am concerned and interested in your story. Like I think it's fascinating, and I can't communicate that over Twitter or uh, some sort of post. Me personally, like, I have no creativity at all. And I sometimes <laughs> without words, you know. So that's how that's how I would go about it personally. Yeah, love that. Yeah, Greg, I think that's an awesome point. I think it ties in well with your first response in terms of the comfortability and vulnerability of that Bible study group. And the closer you get to these individuals before you start a study, the more fruitful that study will be. So I think you tied those two in uh, really well. 
Um, I think this next question also has a great level of importance um, in terms of um, how do you go about selecting the study material? Um, it can be hard sometimes to know exactly what would be beneficial um, or what books of the Bible are the easiest to go through. Um, and really in terms for, for some students, there's a fear of teaching heresy or, or not um, talking about something that's theologically sound. So how do you go about finding study material? It's a great question. Um, I think first off, I want to throw out there that uh, the Holy Spirit and, and Jesus, like they can they can move amongst whatever the material is chosen, right? So I mm-hmm. think there should be some large room for margin and grace as a leader, as a group, when you're trying to choose something, right? Because mm-hmm. most people, right, you're trying to nail it on the head. Like, what is that one study that's going to crazily impact everybody in this group? And sometimes mm-hmm. it's just hard, especially if you're new to each other and you just don't know each other's stories. Um, and so, you know, in that scenario, I'd say if you can get everybody on the same page and just agree to it and then start that commitment in it, whatever it is, like mm-hmm. that's more important, I think, at times for a new group than like hitting it on the head and being like, this is the best study for us. Now, that said, I personally love to, uh, one, get into the Word, right? I think the Word is, is mm-hmm. impactful. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's food for our soul. Um, and if I don't lead a study that is strictly on the word, like doing a book study or a theme, anything that's like derived only from the Bible, then I'll go to something that is extremely helpful, but also leans on the Bible heavily. So um, mm-hmm. I've done two in the last year and you guys have you know come alongside and partnered. Uh, one is Living by the Book it's by Howard Hendricks. And it actually mm-hmm. breaks down like what it is to study the Bible, get into like observation, the, the methodology of studying the Bible. And so as you can imagine, like it's going through, the workbook but like you've got to get back into the word right like the mm-hmm. first assignment is i think acts 1 8 and you're just observing you're just what does this say and you're just pulling out like a hundred different observations from this um and the current one that we're using is uh, called steps into god's grace and it's the same mm-hmm. thing it's going through a lot of the big themes of, the, of god's word um and so it'll ask you questions and kind of work through stuff and, and pose various situations based on scripture but it pushes you back into scripture right like it's not a standalone um and so that's kind of where i go but in terms of like being worried about heresy and whatnot uh ultimately um as a believer we're not perfect but we should be in god's word right Mm -hmm. we should be spending time becoming more and more familiar with you know big picture what are the themes of the bible you know Mm -hmm. maybe smaller picture what are the books who wrote them kind of the who what where where, and why of those books Mm -hmm. and then more in the minutiae of those books and, and what's god teaching it and so the more that we can prepare um, for this opportunity that may be coming in the future uh, in terms of leading a small group, the better we're going to be prepared, right, to then have a, a better understanding and have confidence of, like, let's, let's get into this, right, because we're talking about, you know, faith and works. Like, let's read James. Like, mm-hmm. James is a great book. Like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to bring it all up for us, and, like, we're mm-hmm. going to be able to lean into it versus, you know, not really knowing and not having that confidence and maybe picking something that is still going to be fruitful because it's God's words, but it maybe doesn't hit the point that you were trying to drive home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Greg, definitely. I think that's an awesome point that we really need to be in the Word, and the more that we uh, give to our time in the Word, it will be so fruitful in terms of what we can bring to the table in those studies. And I loved your point uh, in terms of the Holy Spirit really moving us um, to really just, no matter what we choose in the study, it'll be fruitful in that way. So I think that was a really key point in, in terms of the fact that it's not our works or our study or our knowledge that really brings these studies to the light um, and to be fruitful, but it's really just the power of the Holy Spirit moving through us as leaders and through those individuals 
involved in the study. So I love that point. I think that's really awesome. Um, lastly, Greg, I think this question also has a lot of importance within it. What are some tips and qualities that make a good Bible study leader? Yeah, so qualities, I'm going to go back to my, my answer, my first one, and just add one. So um, somebody that's connected, um, mm-hmm. these are all like ideal, helpful things, right? So if you're connected um, as a leader to that group, if you've got relationships, if you um, lead them to the next one, if you have compassion, like real concern for them, for their walk, for what's mm-hmm. going on in their life, um, you know, the old saying, right? Like nobody cares what you know, so they know how much you care. Like mm-hmm. you're leading that group, whether it's just purely kind of as a facilitator because everyone's kind of at that same place in life or as a true leader where they're looking up to you. Um, how committed are you to that group? Um, can they tell that you're committed, right? Mm-hmm. Even as a coach, right? It's one thing to be a, like a transactional coach, but if you're transformational, like your players can understand that commitment. So I think the same for, for a small group leader. And then um, how well do you communicate, right? Um, as a leader, are you clear in your message? Do you know what that message is, whether it's the message of the week that you're teaching mm-hmm. or, you know, kind of bigger picture, just in talking about, you know, the parameters of the group and kind of the, uh, the guidelines that everybody agreed to? Um, and then how repetitive are you, right? Mm-hmm. We tell our players that, you know, good communication is that communication that, you know, when the coach opens his mouth, like you can say is what he's about to say because he said it so much. Mm-hmm. Like some people think that's too much. Like, no, like that's effective communication. Mm-hmm. It's not just, Hey, I told you twice. And I told you clearly mm-hmm. it's like, no, like you've got to repeat the message, repeat the message, repeat the message. So how well uh, do you communicate would be um, the qualities of a good Bible study leader. And not that there's not more. Those are just the ones that, um, that I'm kind of drawn to that uh, really stick out to me. And then tips uh, organization is always a great one. Right, you're bringing together people um, from all sorts of life. They've got different schedules and different responsibilities, mm-hmm. and and so one thing that uh, I learned back in seminary um, is you, it's okay to kind of treat the um, coming together of it um, and kind of create some guidelines. Like, hey, you know, what are some things that we're gonna do? Like, if we talk about like having no electronics, like, is everybody cool with that? Like, no phones during group, or you know, we're gonna start at 7:15 to respect everybody's time, like you can set parameters as a group and everybody kind of buy into that. And then you hold that um, and hold the group accountable um, to that in a a loving way. Right. Mm -hmm. But uh, that really helps foster good communication, comfort, all the things that we were talking about earlier. And, you know, the first question um, that's good instead of just kind of being loosey goosey guys come in and out, maybe somebody has a phone call, you know, and and it's disruptive, you know, because now it's received, maybe it's disrespectful. Maybe the person, you know, is frustrated or angry, like, you just want to try and protect that time as much as you can. So some mm-hmm. of the tips would be to, to create some parameters and, you know, you could call it whatever you want, but like set up some, some small group, you know, guidelines or rules or, you know, uh, stipulations, whatever, things that everyone subscribes to for mm-hmm. the betterment of the group. Greg, I love, yeah, just those, those, uh, those, those ideas behind leaving a group. I know it, uh, just super valuable. Um, I guarantee there's somebody that's going to be listening to this who is just on fire now to, to start a group, um, something that you've said that maybe triggered them um, or, or has, has really called them to action. What would you say is that first step? Sometimes we can be so plagued by, uh, I got to get a group together. I got to get material. I got to all this, all these details. Um, and, and people just get stunted and, and don't ever do it. So what would you, what would you say kind of, 
as someone listens to this and, and turns off the podcast, what's that first step that you would encourage someone to, to go do? Uh, so this would take me many, many years uh, to figure out, um, but go to prayer. Like if you lead it in prayer, like, uh, I mean, our, I look at my last fall group, right? Midst of COVID, my wife and I are in a new location, starting a new job. Um, we don't have a church because there's, you know, there's no community here yet that we can go and engage with. And so I reached out to you and said, hey, there's got to be coaches like me, you know, throughout the country. Um, I need community. I know that like the Lord has made it obvious to me. Um, and so there's gotta be others. And so that, that all started in prayer though. Like that was revealed in prayer. And then I reached out to you guys, the partner, and then, you know, we put out a, a blanket invite and, you know, we got five or six guys that wanted to virtually come together and go, go through some stuff. Um, and so prayer, prayer is the first thing because one, it aligns your heart with the Lord. It opens up that communication line. Um, and cause he could say, Hey, not now or, hey, go this way, or, hey, don't do a formal group, do an informal group. And what I mean by that is that, like, we're walking, talking groups, right? Like, you have a network of people that you interact with on a day-to-day basis. Maybe it's not a formal sit-down Bible study, but I guarantee both of you, when you guys get together with people um, that you know, that know the Lord, you guys have that bond with, like, you're talking about your walk. Like, so there's an informality to having kind of a walking, talking group that doesn't have to be as formal and so it's just realizing, like, that's at play. It doesn't always have to be that I'm on fire. Let's do this. No, like, it's okay if you don't. Just maybe it's, maybe the God's telling you just, hey, you know what? Just start working on sharing, sharing who you are, talking about your story, talking about your testimony, building relationships, laying the groundwork and that foundation for when the timing's right. And I sit there and say, hey, now go put the ask out. You put the ask out. You got three or four people that are committed and ready to roll versus maybe pushing through a wall because like I've done so many times, I don't pray about it. And I'm like, this is what I'm doing. It lines up with God's word. I'm sharing, I'm loving all my neighbors. I'm honoring God. Let's go. And I get four or five people in a group that are from all sorts of different places that probably shouldn't be in that group. But like, I kind of piece them together and I'm holding it together with my two hands and it's productive and it's fruitful and people get stuff from it. So I'm not saying it's bad at all, but I, I don't know if that's what God would have, would have had for me. And maybe he would have done it a little bit differently or, or show me a different manner to go about it to really maximize that group. Yeah, Greg, I think prayer is something that it's so often said in the church and within Christian circles that it kind of loses its flavor um, and its power. And I think really you hitting home on that is key, that anything we do, especially when it comes to starting a Bible study or something that is Christ-centered, it must be done in prayer um, and really allowing the Lord to lead us and to talk us through those things is, is really key uh, so I really appreciate you bringing up that point. And I love what you said earlier, too, um, that nobody cares what you know until they know how much you care. I think that is something um, that we as believers can sometimes forget, that we have the key, we have uh, the, the fruit of life, we have the bread of life, we know Jesus, we want to share him. Um, and so I think sometimes we can get so into sharing the gospel that we don't do it with love and care. Um, and really, if we can have all the theology in the world, but if we don't, speak with love and really we're just wasting our time. So I think that was an amazing point um, and probably one of the most key things to really um, allowing people to see the love of Christ is speaking with love and care first and then bringing the truth and knowledge of Christ second. So I think that was awesome. Yeah, exactly. Greg, thank you so much for joining us today. It was truly a pleasure to hear your insight on how to properly begin and steward Bible studies. And I'm excited to see how the Lord will use your words to get his word out to more people. 
Man, thank you so much, both of you and uh, Uncommon. I love the platform that you guys have established with these podcasts. And uh, for those that are listening to this, whether you know who Uncommon is uh, or you're you're new to it, like dive in. They're a phenomenal um, organization that's doing some really, really neat things across the athletic um, industry. And so uh, as I shared, I think with Seth, and I know I did with Noah the other day, like every coach that I come in contact with, um, I push them to it, right? Whether they're believers or not, like go network, go get involved. Cause these are good people. You want good people around you. Good people might bring you up um, and build you up. And so, uh, yeah, if you're out there and you're listening, like check them out. Um, yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, Greg, I really appreciate that. And if you want to get involved, as Greg said, with Uncommon Sports Group and the mission that we are on to help you navigate the sport industry as followers of Christ, apply for our training experience on our website at UncommonSG.org. That's UncommonSG.org. Be sure to catch every new episode of the Uncommon Podcast on the second and last Thursday of every month. Until next time, we pray that you will strive to be uncommon by glorifying the name of God in whatever you may do. See you soon.